0: Hi, I'm Ernie Hudson, and you're listening to the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. Welcome to episode 122 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello! And Matt Cassell. I like the energy. The energy is up. I really wanted you to do the, hello! Uh, And then, like, hello! Oh, should we start over?
1: We could have done that. No, you
0: blew it. It is Monday night. Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) Keep going! (laughs) Keep going! Keep (laughs) the streak alive! I'm sorry, who who blew it? (laughs) Well, you blew it, and then I blew it again. Double blow. Is that like What's the that called? Baltimore blower or something? <laughs> <laughs> it is Tuesday night, September 29th. And tonight we are fresh off another convention. But fresh off the last stop of the McSauce convention train. Baltimore Comic Con this past weekend. We're going to do a little Baltimore Comic Con recap. And now we're going to talk our top six star wars characters why six because the nhl season kicks itself off next Uh, week in honor of hockey season we're doing our top six starters of the star wars universe i wish we could have done
1: our top 53 whenever the nfl season started (laughs) everybody
0: (laughs) if you were in a star wars movie you're on the team (laughs) well if we were doing if we were doing top nba teams we'd do top six
2: yeah, yeah.
0: starting
1: lineup, sixth man.
2: Who is the... Uh, well, aren't,
0: aren't there only really like 11 people on an, on a basketball I team? I think the
1: roster's around 14, somewhere around there. Six um, on the court, six subs. But, I mean, you don't play half of those subs. Like, you play your sixth, seventh, and eighth man, and then everybody else is kind of just there in right. case of injury.
2: Who's the punter on our Star Wars team? <laughs> well... well <laughs>
0: You, well, we'll get there. <laughs> why, don't we, why don't we get there? Why don't we lead things off with housekeeping with Ian Sharpley? Sure. If
1: you are one of the new fans joining us tonight, thank you for downloading and listening. We really appreciate it. I'm sure that you came across this through Mixsauce.com. That's where we have all of our media, the webcomic. We have reviews, and we also have this Podcast. We update the website five days a week. Usually, you know, don't hold us to that or anything like that. But usually, five days a week, you get some kind of new content. As we mentioned before, we went to Baltimore Comic Con. Some of you may have come across this through the Facebook page. Thank you so much for liking us. We have a pretty good racket going on with our Facebook likes. You get a button... With a Facebook like Or Instagram or Tumblr like So you can go To the Facebook page And that's where we cycle All of our updates Any kind of things that we see Regarding Star Wars Comic book news TV films All the things that you love And that we love We put them on the Facebook page For this podcast All the things we love together Like Matt's mother We love Matt's mother (laughs) She's on the Facebook page. Go there and check out Mama Casal. Should
0: have said Dom's mother because he's not here to defend himself. Oh, boy.
1: The podcast that you're listening to right now can be downloaded through a few different outlets. We have iTunes. If you go to the iTunes store, you can download us that way. If you go to Stitcher Radio, you can download us through that application. You can also go to Podomatic and find our show on Podomatic. As well as the classic episodes, if you go to mcsaucepodcast.libsyn.com, you can check out all the old school episodes, that uh, all the classics, the number one hits.
0: You don't think we're currently making number one hits? You think we're in our... What's it? Well, you think we're, this our... is like you think we're in our tour. spaghetti incident phase? <laughs> This For is those like, Guns and those of you out there that know the Guns and Roses catalog. This is us on we we have a residency
1: at not you know like Stardust or something we're in Vegas.
2: A, we're on the Saint Anger portion mm. of mm. of our podcasting history. Yeah,
1: unfortunately. So if you want to hear all that the good stuff
2: and Gettysburg
0: and uh, Saint maybe Anger? just Gettysburg. Yeah, yeah. My brother and all of his buddies from Gettysburg—they're huge on. The later Metallica albums.
1: <clears> that's <throat> very strange. I don't get it. Yeah, that's a bad album.
0: Anyway. What was on St. Anger? I forget. Isn't that the one with uh, Give Me Fuel, Give Me Fire, Give Me That Which I know. No, that's
1: that's Fuel. Or, no, that's Load.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh! Semen reference. Load and Reload. Oh, coming at you again. Open yeah. your mouth. Ugh.
1: No, I don't know what's on St. Anger.
2: St. Anger's on it? Some kind of monster? Invisible Kid? Anything? No. I don't know. No. I'm Maybe. pretty sure... St. Anger might have been the... I'm pretty sure if single. you played St. Saint, Saint
0: Anger, I'd be like, oh, I know that song, but I, could na- I couldn't name it. You yeah. know,
2: I gotta tell you, I, I actually think that the Load and Reload albums are pretty good.
0: People had a real big
2: problem
1: with Load because they cut their hair.
2: Is that correct? Was that the album when they did it? I believe so. What was before Load? Hmm. I uh, it wasn't the, the black album, was it? It might have been.
0: Wasn't there a huge gap in time between yeah, the, black the black album and whatever happened
2: after that?
1: Yeah, because the black album was early '90s, and yeah. Load was like '96, yeah. somewhere around there, yeah, '97. Yeah. It okay. was
2: '96. Reload was '97. You know, I feel like. Uh, load was a bit of an extension of the black album the black album was when they went mainstream did we even say who we're talking about for those of you i think we know, said metallica. metallica yeah okay uh i think that's where they kind of went a little mainstream with uh with the black album and ever since then they've kind of stayed in that more accessible kind of mainstream realm yeah
0: the black album is enter sandman sad but true nothing else matters yeah I don't even like Metallica, and I know pretty much that whole thing. The Unforgivens of a real popular.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that stuff was on just constant MTV oh. rotation, our, and I remember all that stuff. In
0: our, our When we were, you know, not our prime. We're in our prime. Now? We haven't seen our prime. <laughs> I thought we were... <laughs> we keep getting better. I thought we were putting out Greatest Hits <clears throat> albums right now. No no, 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 no. We keep getting better. We were on the upswing, but that was that was when we were teenagers
1: let's just go with that
0: yeah um i never liked metallica i, I tried really i hard. was never I a really big metallica tried.
1: guy either
0: i borrowed all the all the albums off a friend of mine and that's like all i listened to for a month just every the every, what was the first album called uh kill um, all everything from Kill 'em all up to the black album because yeah. that was all that was out at that point that's all i did i'm gonna love these guys all my buddies love these guys everyone loves these guys i can't turn on fucking mtv without seeing these guys i'm gonna love metallica never clicked
1: the only song that i ever liked that they did was a cover of whiskey in the jar um that's
2: the uh, only song you ever liked
1: that i ever really liked that i bought i i don't have any other metallica songs or albums i have that song and that's about it um One thing that I wanted to kind of touch on is back then, MTV, man, there was a variety on all of those shows. You could get metal and hip-hop, and now music is just kind of one, or at least popular music, is just like one big mishmash of, like, electronica R&B rap. Like, that's what everything on popular TV is. But back in the early 90s, you had some variety, some different things that you could attach to, and... I miss that shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were, when we were growing up, There's was a good mix of a little bit of everything going on. Now, everything sounds like Bruno Mars to me. And <laughs> I fucking hate Bruno Mars. <laughs> Except um, Uptown Funk. Yeah, that's a good one. Kind of the jam. Mm-hmm. heard it on the way back from Baltimore. And I was like, man, kind of like. Song begrudgingly, yeah. Kind of like this,
2: Buck La- Out
1: of Heaven isn't the worst song I've just heard it. Matthew, you Bruno Times,
2: yeah. yeah, 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 he's a singer. Okay, what was he saying? Lame music.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, we were in Baltimore this past weekend, Ian, and I were there in 2013 and we had an interesting show. We had a fun time. We were next to our buddy Tom Lynch of 30extralives.com. Yep. And the cat
1: who and always dies. the cat
0: who always dies.com. And we had a fun time. We saw lots of comic book celebrities. But we came back and this year, last weekend, raging fury. We're going to make this happen. We're going to get a crap ton of likes. We're going to make so much money, we're not going to be able to carry it home. And we did just that. (laughs) We did. At least the likes portion. But we had... We made
1: um, a good amount of money for, for what we do.
0: We did. I think we set out, you know, 2013, the Baltimore experience was when we were just getting started. We didn't really know anything about what we were doing, how to run a table at a comic convention. We didn't have the material to give out but now is someone calling someone is someone here a phone it must be my imagination no, <laughs> no I, think, I, <laughs> I think somebody is being called right now <clears throat> um, but it's been two years we've done a lot of comic book conventions since then and now we know how to handle the table we know how to talk to people we know how to sell artisan buttons like a champ.
1: That's the main difference. We've become artisan button makers, professional, high-quality
0: button, button producers. Button salesmen. So I was very pleased with the Baltimore convention. Um, I think we had a great time all three days at the show. Uh, we had a good time after the show. We were able to go out, get some, see some local sites, get some local food, get a couple national bohemian beers. Get a little bit of crab food poisoning, perhaps. Yeah, pretty much. Walker got to walk around the remodeled inner harbor. Uh, I think we I think we can all say we had a very successful Baltimore experience.
1: My low light was going back to the hotel on Sunday morning, afternoon-ish, right before the Ravens game kicked off to a flood of purple just disgusting human beings, the worst human beings that I've ever seen in my Come life. Come on! Oh
2: my goodness!
0: Come on! These are our new fans. It wasn't that bad.
1: I hated them,
0: but I lo- if you're listening now, I probably love you. There, were, there was a, a couple. There were a couple times on Sunday when um, I made the assumption that someone, at someone may be a Ravens fan, and I was like, oh, missing missing the game for the convention. I don't like the Ravens. I was like, "Oh, okay, never mind. Be be on your way." But yeah, I, I, maybe way. I uh, off with you now. <laughs> maybe I assume along now. I assume Baltimore would have that football fervor that Pittsburgh does.
1: Yeah, maybe the people that were at the convention just didn't really have. It. I mean, there was there were a lot of jerseys running around a lot of purple going on at the convention and to get to the game because everything downtown is pretty centralized yeah a lot of people park downtown and walk to the game so people were walking by i think some people just stopped in
2: yeah it was a very active uh active city especially on sunday with that home game there Now, uh, what I wanted to ask you guys, because I wasn't present for uh, the trip in 2013. Are you sure it was 2013 or 2012? 13. It was two years ago. Really?
1: Yes, because we were doing the podcast at that time.
2: Oh, okay. All right. So, um, tell me what was different. We were in my current car, which I got in 2012 okay so I, I was just kind of curious what was different this time versus um, the first time you did it two years ago like what was your experience like at the con versus um, this year what was it like in the city versus this year um, with
1: the with the convention and with us and our handling of the booth we had a game plan not only this time do we have years of experience but this is the sixth part of the convention tour that we've been on. We just did one in Pittsburgh. I think that our convention savvy is razor sharp right now. We know how to deal with different types of customers. We know how to do... There was no hard sell before where now that's a skill that I think all three of us have developed and how to kind of talk to the
0: customers. And now we're comfortable enough saying, hey, stupid costume, come over here.
2: (laughs) Now, I, I would like to kind of clarify what the hard sell is for us versus maybe what it's like for some other uh, booth dwellers. That's a good point. Um, You know, sometimes I feel like I don't want to go through Artist Alley because I feel like you're being yelled at from afar to come over and, and look at somebody's, what they're peddling. And, and they want you to, you know, give your time to look at their shit that you don't really have any interest in.
1: It's like you're a pretty girl walking through a construction
2: zone. You get a lot of cat calls. Hey there. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for example, Ian, I think you and I were walking through the convention at one point and somebody shouted to us, do you like superheroes? It's like, where the fuck do you think I am, bitch? Like, what what does this look like to you? Does this look like the woodworking convention? Right. I was going to say the train convention, but yeah, same difference. So we don't do that at the McSauce Comic Book Podcast convention table. We'll give you the hard sell, but you have to show some semblance of interest in what we have. The only time we kind of shout at you is if you're wearing a costume that we approve of. If we don't approve of it, we verbalize that in a much more subtle way. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we, I think that our we actually would request that you take that costume off. That is, Then leave the convention.
2: That is the official stance, the official McSaw stance on poor cosplay etiquette.
0: We established the cosplay police on this last show. I don't, I don't know why this wasn't, this hadn't been established all year because we've been judging people's terrible cosplay. It was all basically
2: year. like E-Entertainment's red carpet. It was Mc- the McSauce red carpet.
0: And I maintain just because you're going to the comic convention doesn't mean you can put on whatever the fuck you have lying around your house. Yeah, yeah. I think
2: one of my bigger Fucking be something. I okay. Th- yeah, I I agree with that, Paul, but one of my other pet peeves is the store bought halloween costumes that people come in wearing it's like like a like a disposable tablecloth that they're wearing with like Darth Vader printed on it and a and a you know little mask and they're like this is my cosplay no it's not take it off
1: those were adorable. Whenever I was He-Man in 1984,
2: exactly,
1: and wearing a He-Man bib in that yeah. sharp plastic mask that cut my lip.
2: You, st- we all still have scars all over our face from that horrific. I because they had that little teeny yeah, tiny like, mouth around, all around the edges. Yeah, your face. The the mouth. Oh my God! To this day, Ian, I can see your cold sores. And, and then let's not. Well, that's
1: from something else. That
0: while oh. you were wearing those non-breathable masks. The sweat almost sealed the edge of the mask around your face. Yeah. So all you had was a teeny tiny little mouth hole to get oxygen from. And what That's was right.
1: holding that mask on, that really like, tight rubber ba- like rubber band but it was like a real thin one and it so always it, broke and we'd always have to restaple the edges <laughs> so no matter what if it wasn't fresh out of the box you just look like a ghetto piece of shit
0: <laughs> you guys had a re- you guys have more of a problem with the kids this weekend with the spirit store halloween costumes than I did i had a problem with the fact that they weren't comic book related they weren't you know and we've done six conventions this year. We've been to a ton, a ton of conventions. I will bend the rules for anime. It's very noble. I it? will bend the rules, not as, not as you know
2: well for video games. So wait, anime gets the nod over mm-hmm. video games. Yeah. Blasphemy. Yeah. You don't think so? No.
0: Anime usually has an accompanying manga, which is a comic book. Oh, well, thank you for the
2: lesson, Professor.
0: <laughs> but video games is just like, well, like you can you can find There's all a lot kinds of, of fucking for
2: video games, anime. Man. Yeah, but
0: like you think you're gonna find as much video game shit at a comic convention as you would anime stuff?
2: No, but I'm more accepting of video games and anime for two reasons. One, I like video games and anime is dumb. I'll give I I I'm gonna give anime the nod. Oh, Paul. Ian, you're the
1: tiebreaker. I'm a little more accepting of video games. Right on. Because there are more video games that not I appreciate. Surprising.
0: That's right. Well is Who's it not surprising? <laughs> that's so racist. Is <laughs> this is bullshit.
2: Wait, why is that racist? Wait, why is it racist? How did race come into
1: it? Is this like a Oh,
2: because we don't like anime ch- Is it a
0: chocolate it's chip crazy. ice cream is for black people thing? Like <laughs> I found out this weekend? Is that correct? I'm what? the guy at the table that's one That's sixth. what one sixteenth Asian
2: and all of a sudden anime is out the door. I don't know what you just said, Paul, but explain to the listeners how chocolate chip ice cream for oh, black. black people love chocolate chip. I
1: don't know. Paul's going to have to explain it because we came back from our ice cream lunch. Yes. And we came back to the table. I had my favorite mint chocolate chip, and I'm sitting there, and Paul's like, oh, that's for black people, which that's not insulting because, you know,
0: but <laughs> how so? Only well, black people like <laughs> chocolate chip? Because you came back to the table... With mint chocolate chip ice cream.
1: <laughs> are there other black people that you know that are like, ah, oh, I love mint
2: chocolate chip? I've, I've heard the stereotypes does. with. He does. With, of course, he does. The only stereotypes I know are the the watermelon and the fried chicken. Right. Like which greens. is well, yeah. All right, and
1: and uh,
2: um, like pig's feet. Pig's feet
1: one? Yeah. Uh, is there malt a malt liquor? Sw- one? Malt liquor, yeah.
2: Uh, sweet potato pie. Sweet potato uh right, right. oh, Still waiting for your I'll mom to make everyone that. My mom's white too, pie.
1: by the way. So when I bring it and we have a taste test. <laughs> it's not real sweet potato
0: pie. But it's great. So, Does she put marshmallows on it?
1: No, I don't like <laughs> that. Oh, that's
0: some white shit. That's some white <laughs> shit right there. She makes it authentic. Yeah, I
1: think
2: that is some white shit. Because I never... I have never heard of the stereotype that black people... Like mint chocolate chip ice cream. They don't. I totally made that up. Oh, okay. I, 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 oh, okay. Made that up. I was like, oh. Maybe that'll,
1: that that'll catch thing? on. Yeah. I knew of. Uh, I bet if we go. I knew menthols, which are also mint. And I'm like, man, the whole ride home, I'm like, is mint like a black <laughs> thing? I love mint. So.
2: Is menthols a thing?
1: Yeah, menthols is a. That's a. Really? That's a black people cigarette thing.
2: Can I just. Speaking of menthols, and I don't wanna get off on a on a on a vocabulary tangent, but am I the only one that occasionally in my head like confuses menthol with methane? Because menthol is such a refreshing and soothing like scent, right? It's supposed right. to make you feel good. But methane comes out of your asshole. Right. And that's like not a refreshing or soothing scent. Why would you confuse those? Methol, methane, you don't see the similarity well, yeah but i don't confuse them well you're really amazing sometimes i do i well that sounded like methane <laughs> it was my elbow <laughs> <laughs> <that>
1: <laughs> no i've never gotten those two confused i can see how you could yeah
2: but. it's been a thing i like i think about it sometimes
0: <laughs> well, i we don't went, know wh- i don't know where we're at we went down way. to baltimore yes and we, we did we had a really great time. It was a really great experience. We met a lot of really cool people. We, I think each of us picked up some artwork that we bought at the show, right? Uh, I bought a book. You and I bought a book from, you bought a book from Otis Frampton. Mm-hmm. I bought some Luke Skywalker artwork from yeah.
2: Otis Frampton. Matt, you bought a CD. Uh, yeah, I got a CD and I got some from trade paperbacks. Lords of Thunder. A Sound uh, of Fury. A sound of Thunder. A Sound of, a sound of f- f- yeah. Fury. Fury.
0: A Sound of, a sound of thunder. thunder. Metal band. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think we all had a pretty pretty good time this weekend.
2: It was definitely a good time. Um, I, I would like to talk about A Sound of Thunder for a second, I, and I know that we've already kind of gone down the music rabbit hole already, but uh, I would like to talk about this band. They had just released uh, their new album on Friday, the day we got to the show. Uh, the new album is called... Um, Tales from the Dead Side, and it's... And explain to us and the listener what the Comic Book Convention Connection was. Uh, the Comic Book Connection... Convention Connection... Wait. The Comic Book Convention Connection. Oh boy, that sounds like the old... (laughs) 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 Never mind. So, uh... The Connection was, um... This particular album is a concept album based on Valiant Comics' Shadow Man character. And it... It closely follows the, uh, the most current Shadow Man storyline, I believe issues 1 through 25. And um, it's heavy metal, it's power metal, so it's a bit theatrical. And um, Well, I think that's the best way I could describe it. It's a bit theatrical. Uh, it's got a female singer fronting the band, and the, the, the band members can play. They have chops. I mean, they're, they're good musicians, usually like most metal musicians are. Um, and uh, I'd never heard of this band before, and I'm you know a fairly uh devout metalhead. So, you were just walking by their table, no, and you were like, Oh, no, metal band, not exactly. I was at the Valiant table, Valiant had a table, which was very exciting to me because if you listen to this show, you know you've been sucking Valiant's cock the last few months, yeah, and but rightfully so. I mean, their cock is glorious lately, they are just pumping out load after load of good comic books and and i am just lapping it all up and i i was i was at the booth looking at all the wonderful uh trade paperbacks and comics that they had and and it's such a great a great company right now because it's one universe it's one very cohesive in pretty tight-knit universe it's not over expanding for the sake of over expanding it feels like you can really kind of get involved in whatever amount you want and you're still not like missing out Um, you know the the three of us read the the valiant series over the summer and we all loved it and um, so I was at the booth and and I heard somebody over, over I overheard somebody say uh, that, that A Sound of Thunder was at the convention and they had this listening party and it was a new album based on Shadow Man and I was really excited. So um, I talked to the, the guy at the Valiant booth for a minute and, and he gave me a postcard and said, yeah, they're here. Well, as it turns out, they were like a row away from us, literally exactly our placement, just one row yeah. over. And um, and I went and I talked to them, and uh, I talked to the to the lead singer. Um, she has kind of a tricky last name. Her name is Nina uh, Osegueda, Osegueda, or that. And uh, boy, was she cool. She like her. I feel like her and I could have talked metal for hours. She knew exactly what I was talking about. I knew what she was talking about, and we just kind of like connected. Um, it sounded like she has toured with a lot of the bands that you're a big fan of. Yeah, she has. She's open for a number of bands that I'm a fan of. She's open for, um, you know, if you listen to the show, you know about my um, history with Tim Ripper Owens, the heavy metal singer um, that used to front Judas Priest. Uh, she has opened for his one of his bands in the past. Um, so it, it sounds like she's trying the, the band um, Sound of Thunder is trying to expand a little bit more westward, because they kind of do a lot of shows up and down the eastern seaboard, but um, hopefully they'll be coming west to Pittsburgh. She wants to play Akron at Tim Ripperowen's bar, so um, it'd be cool to see them. Yeah, she was really cool. It was nice. Uh, you
0: know, Matt brought her over to sell her on the McSauce Experience, and I think we sold her on it. I think we did, uh, too. I Super believe Bull she
2: liked the she likes the page, and, and she said that she would give McSauce a plug on her page. and. So here we are talking about A Sound of Thunder on our podcast. And I, I will tell you, I've listened to the album. It's a good album. It really is. Um, if you like comic books and you like real like story-driven stuff and really good musicians and good singers, you can't go wrong with this and band. And this is coming from a metal critic.
0: Matt Cassell,
1: professional metal critic.
0: Yeah, yeah. someone that's not going to give a band a green light just because they were cool. He's going to bust some chops.
1: It's true. Now, Paul, did you have a uh, highlight of the convention? Was there one moment that jumped out at you and stood out as something that was really awesome?
0: Nope. Oh, okay. That's cool. Uh, There there really wasn't. I had a a great time overall. Um, uh, I don't yeah, I've bought a few t-shirts here and there and stuff, but uh, I bought a print from Otis Frampton. Um, he does some, you know, kids vocabulary, or not vocabulary, kids, you know, alphabet books like, you know, A's for Admiral Ackbar and, and stuff like that. And um, in one of the books, he has a double page spread that's R is for Rebellious, which is all the Luke, it's a double page spread of all the Luke Skywalkers from uh, It'll Biddle Baby, up until what he expects Luke to look like in the uh, in the sequels, and it's it was just so cool. Every time I look at it, I feel like there's some little bit of detail that I've missed the previous time I looked at it. Really cool artist. Uh, I was saying to someone this weekend that of all the conventions we go to, like I'll go around and I look at I look at these just expansive paintings and all this you know the, de- the these detailed paintings and all this really detailed work. It's so good. And I'm like, I don't wanna do that. But what really gets me going is when I see Otis Frampton stuff. Something like that's really animation driven. uh, Really, you know, sharp lines, a definitive style, great color palette. That's the stuff that I'm always like, man, I wanna do that. Like you could show me some amazing Alex Ross portrait. And I'll be like, that's really good. That guy knows his stuff. But, like, the stuff I want to do is really, like, the stuff I try to do, which has a real animation bent to it. Uh, So, if you get a chance, check out Otis Frampton's work. Uh, He's also an artist for um, Oddly Normal. A book called Oddly Normal. And what all of us are probably familiar with, including you listeners, how it should have ended. The animated web series.
2: Yeah, apparently he creates all the assets and and another company handles the actual animation. He was kind of going through his process with with Ian and I on Sunday, I believe. And um, it was pretty fascinating. It's really cool to hear that technical kind of approach to this stuff. Because, you know, I feel like the three of us are, you know, we're not superstars by any means. I mean, maybe one or two of us are, but... We we kind of are a little bit more understanding of the process, so like we can kind of understand if somebody explains it to us, even if we can't do what they do. Well, just the thing that I get a kick out of
1: is hearing small things like the applications that people use. Otis was kind enough to show us his hybrid um, iMac. wacom tablet tablet that he had that i guess they they sort of specially make it he explained exactly it's called a a mod book mod book that's what it was called and he explained the reasons why he went away from the wacom companion and went to this mod book and it and showed us what what it had and um just there were there was a nice insight on his process and his reasoning and i really really liked it. it it Help me kind of make a decision because I for a while I was thinking about getting a, a companion and maybe making that step to have some more portable um, a, a more portable option. But after speaking with Otis and hearing his problems with windows and how after he had it for one day and it crashed and he lost four hours of art. I, I mean, that's that's a horror story. Oh it made me, it made me feel get sick to the stomach to just hear somebody losing that much.
0: I may not be able, Art. to undo anything when I'm hand penciling and inking. Yeah, but I won't lose all of it.
1: Yeah, that's true. But um, it was really neat to, and and we've Matt, you and I have walked around and talked to other artists at different artist alleys and kind of heard. Stories about how they create their art and what their influences are and what kind of products they're using. What's
2: coming out, the new things that yeah. they're excited about. Everybody's different, too. You know, I feel like there's no two artists are alike in, in the way that they do it. It's yeah, it's really fascinating for uh, for guys like us, I think. Yeah.
1: That's one of the fun things about art is that there is, you know, you, you take it upon yourself to find your own way and how you make your Absolutely. art.
2: Absolutely. Any other, uh, any other highlights? You know, what? I, a couple uh, general recaps about um, Baltimore that I'd like to point out. I think out of all six conventions that we did this year, um, I, I felt like this one had the most cosplayers um, on average. Um, Paul's making a face. I'm not sure if he agrees. Maybe he's thinking Philly had more. Um, Philly was yeah. certainly a bigger show, but... Um, I would say, percentage-wise, there were more cosplayers at this one.
0: I guess so. I mean, are you counting video game characters as cosplayers? Yes, that, cosplayers. that does count. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel... I, I, don't, I guess I wasn't gauging that kind of thing.
2: Well, anyway, that was one of the things that I noticed. Um, I noticed uh, that, that this convention was the, um, the comic book fans convention. This was definitely a, a, a comic book convention first and a, and a pop culture media convention second, if at all. Um, and it was very refreshing because to a large degree, almost every every convention that we did felt like it was geared toward some kind of pop culture or um, other media other than comic books. Um, even the smaller conventions were, were so... Heavy in pop culture, uh, even if they didn't have the celebrity panels, but uh, this one just felt like, like it's for comic book people.
1: Yeah, even some people that you wouldn't expect to be excited about comic book creators would come up to you and talk to you about their interactions with David Finch, or them stopping by another creators table and and really having a list of creators and artists and writers that they wanted to see and Wanted to talk about the books and you could have long conversations about comic books Which is what we love and that's why we're doing this show is because we love that meeting and we love those characters And this was the comic book fans
2: convention it was um... A couple of other things. Uh, a couple of our neighbors were... It was great to have have them nearby. Uh, Josh Balmer, the, uh, the renowned artist that we can't shut up about, uh, was once again by our side at this convention. Um, this time he had help in the form of his friend Luke, who we met for the first time. Super nice guy. I really liked spending three days uh, next to him. He was really, really cool. Uh, a little bit further down, you had... Um, you had a very good artist, uh, man, I can't remember her last name, Paul, do you happen to remember it? Uh, I'm gonna have to look that up. But um, first name was May and she did these very, I, I almost wanted to say they were like an art nouveau style um, pinup, uh, traditional medium, like a lot of um, like pen and, and, and ink and marker uh, renderings. It was pretty awesome. Um, her last name, <clears throat> her name is May um, Jasmer, um, J-A-I-S-A-M-E-R. Um, I'm sure I butchered that, but um, she is online um, at jaisam so you can look her up. Yeah, it was really funny that Baltimore. Well, we asked to be
0: next to Bomber, and Bomber requested to be next to us. But um, they put May on the other side of Bomber, and it was kind of Pittsburgh row, having uh, the three of us Pittsburgh folks all together.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was pretty wild. Um, you know, it's funny. We Paul and I used to work with uh, with Bomber um, at our day job, and. Uh, I actually went to the same college as May, so we had like all the same teachers. So it was just kind of a small world in Baltimore, it felt like. And you know that after six conventions, and I said this to, um, to you guys earlier uh, in the weekend that um, after having done six conventions this year, holy crap, there are so many friendly faces that we recognize. And no matter where we go, we're hundreds of miles from home, and it still feels like we're home because we're around people that we know. It's it's really remarkable. It's a very, very uh, unique feeling, I think. Um, and to be a part of that is, is pretty cool. You know, I'm exhausted from convention season, but, but that was a really great experience. Yeah, every
1: time we walk in the door, it's somebody that we know saying, Hey, you know, I'm glad that you're here. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a great show. It kind of gets you a little bit pumped up about what's what's ahead of you that weekend. Yeah, for sure.
0: Ian, is there anything that stood out to you?
1: On Saturday, just how... I, Friday, we, we came in there. We were really tired. We had a long drive. And um, as Friday shows kind of go... There are, there's not a lot of... People are at work. They're a little distracted. But Saturday made it all worthwhile seeing uh, people stop by the table and have interactions with us. And as I mentioned before, really talk about comic books and artists and writers and characters that they loved. And, and not just TV shows and movies. Those are great. It's fun. We'll talk to you about Avengers, Age of Ultron all day, and that's fine. But I really like digging in and talking about story arcs that people loved or or seeing the excitement on somebody's face
2: whenever they're like
1: oh i'm going over i'm going over to to see there was one there there was was one guy
2: in that came and talked to you or maybe it was paul about um how he hated uh courtship of the owls Or the Court of Owls storyline in Batman. Yeah,
1: we asked him, what's your favorite Batman? He was talking about Batman as his favorite character. What's your favorite Batman? And without hesitation, he went to No Man's Land and he listed off the reasons why he loved it and they all made sense and then went on to kind of detail why he doesn't like some of the other works. So it's, it's cool instead of just Having a a deer in headlights look whenever you ask somebody, well, what comics do you actually like? People go to specific story arcs. They know exactly what they're talking about. I think that's unique to Baltimore.
2: Yeah, I don't remember really having uh, that kind of extensive um, comic book talk anywhere else. But uh, it was definitely special because usually it's, I like Batman. Oh, that's great.
1: Yeah. yeah. Why? Oh, because, you know... Because he's cool. Because he's, like he's cool. Because cool
0: Christian Bale was guarding. so good. Yeah. Fuck that fraud.
1: So it was It was hard. Did you it's, say frog? Fraud. Fraud?
0: fraud? I hate those fucking commercials. Don't even play.
1: Uh, oh, the State Farm ones are... Oh, no, the Discover Farm ones. I hate those ones, Fuck too. Fuck Discover. But, um...
2: <laughs> this podcast is not
1: brought to you by Discover Card. <laughs> Yeah, Pittsburgh Comic Con had a lot of celebrity interactions, a lot of different moments to point to. Baltimore was just an overall good feeling, a lot of different interactions with fans that I really took away and and felt good about.
0: Yeah, we had a great time. I feel like it was a really good cap for the convention year for us. We're probably not going to get out to as many shows this year, next year, as we did this year. So going out on such a good note, with Baltimore uh, was a really good good way to wrap up things for 2015. So Matt and I were talking earlier today about how how much better Ernie Hudson looks than Billy D Williams currently. And I said, "Well, you know, it's because Ernie Hudson's been a working actor since Ghostbusters. Billy D Williams hasn't done too much." matt Conner, billy d's also has
2: like ten years on him is it ten i i'm just guesstimating i'll take a look i you know it, it's probably closer to twenty um honestly i i think billy d is quite possibly eighty years old um billy d williams is seventy eight years old
0: and ernie hudson's early sixties yeah sixty one i'm guessing sixty nine Oh, 69? Really? Yeah. He looks so like fantastic only, for so like 70 looking, years old. Yeah, looks like there's only nine years between them.
2: Huh. Wow. wow. Looks more like 9,000 years. So,
0: yeah, Ernie Hudson. We saw him in Pittsburgh. In person, we shook his hand. Diesel. I wouldn't say muscles on top of muscles, but for a 69-year-old guy, my man looked good. But Billy D. Williams. Ugh doesn't Doesn't look all that great lately, and I said, "Well, it's because he's a working actor." Ernie Hudson's been doing a billion things. Like he's, I, I see that. I see that dude more than I see my mother. He works somewhat, but Billy D, He did Jedi, and then he did an episode of Modern Family, then some Dancing with the Stars, Batman. He did Batman. I mean, the expansive role. Of Harvey Dent, I mean something he could really sink his teeth into, chew on for a while. A total of like, 27 seconds of
2: screen time, which he was brilliant. Well, smart ass, he was a better Harvey Dent than Tommy Lee Jones was.
0: Yeah, I suppose, I suppose that's true. So, and that naturally turned into we really hope Billy Dee Williams gets brought back for episode eight. There's been no word on him coming back for Star Wars: The Force Awakens. It's been confirmed that he's not coming back, right? Like he's not going to be in this one, unless that's one of the really, really guarded secrets. You're correct. It seems impossible for them to
1: eat, bury that, or that. That's also silly for them to bury that. That you know, like if he's
0: going to be in it, just let us know. That would be fine.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So. You know, so Matt and I were talking about which, you know, like the the important Star Wars characters. You know, who's who's important, who really makes a difference, who's integral. And you know, yeah, Han, Luke, and Leia, you know, top three, and Chewbacca, Darth Vader. But like guys like Lando, Billy D. Williams, there they should be right up in that mix.
1: Right. I think we're if we're gonna do top six, I think we're kind of just talking about who the sixth Perth person is going to be in this mix because i think we're all going to agree on the top tier do you think so i think but i mean maybe i haven't listened to this show where all we do is argue so
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i'm sure one of us is going to be obstinate just for obstinance sake are you um, we're looking
1: like, at you paul no i'm looking at you ian i know you're looking at me but you should be looking what did we last you should be what looking in the mirror
0: about Oh, yeah. Star Wars merchandise. Yeah, yeah that, that's right. You were you were being argumentative, just to be argumentative. No, I was. There's no way you're really that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, was incendiary on purpose. Don't um, get mad. Of, I'm not. I'm not mad. Of everybody that has heard the
1: podcast or I talked to, everybody agreed with me.
0: Yeah, dummies. I A
1: lot of dummies so.
0: out there. You hear,
1: you. you hear that, fans? I'm looking at you, listeners. Not that it's a surprise, but Paul thinks you're dumb. <laughs> Coming to you from Mr. Fuck the Fans.
2: Did you notice that I wasn't a part of uh, being um, argumentative for argumentative sake? Like it was between you, you two. You don't have
0: that. You don't have that passion. Ian and I just we we rage. We're full of fire and vigor. We need to get that out. And you're then you're like, all right, let's have a
2: rational talk.
1: Matt's like a, a a nice babbling brook, if you will.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on the babbling. All right. Or so, we're
1: volcanoes of right. nonsense and rage. So I,
0: I don't I don't really understand how earlier it turned it became your your top six hockey lineup. You have three players on the ice for your your hockey team, generally at all times. So we beca- it became three. Six. Top six. Okay. But I think you just said generally you have three players. Did you know? If not- I did, I, I was probably thinking three forwards, two defensemen, one goalie. Okay. So six. Total of six. We're not we're not relating this to the actual positions like Chewbacca would be the best goalie because he's got long limbs. None of that stuff. But who's he most, would be pretty good though. Who's do you want to do that? I mean uh, No, nah, we don't have C-3PO to. C three PO would be a terrible goalie. Okay. No he can't move. No reflexes. Yeah, that's true r 2 also terrible.
1: Uh, That's true. BB8, the worst goalie.
0: General Grievous, maybe pretty good. Yeah. Multiple arms. Yeah.
1: Marty Brodor of.
0: <laughs> Unorthodox. The
1: Outer Rim.
2: <laughs> so, Matt, why don't you lead us off? You want me to give you one? One of the. So, this is the most popular? I think this. I think. I think these are the characters that that matter most. But, okay, that's I like that that description that matter most. Uh, Luke Skywalker, he's he's obviously that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wouldn't you think? Oh my goodness, both of you guys. So uh, yeah, Luke Skywalker is the uh, the Mario Lemieux of of this. en cis Uh huh of this of this team. So yeah. Luke Skywalker, there's one. We need five more.
0: Yeah, Luke's really who this whole Star Wars machine revolves
2: around. Right. Are we focusing on classic trilogy? Just to kinda keep it I was I was opening it up to everything,
0: but if it's not but like all my six would absolutely be classic trilogy. Well I mean Because the characters that matter from the prequels are also in the classic trilogy. Right.
1: Um, I I think the next clear person would be Darth Vader. He's the focal point of both trilogies, really.
2: So Anakin slash Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. Wow, we only have four to go. (laughs) Paul Oh, you got one? Who's the third player on this on this line? It's Princess
0: Leia. Why is it Princess Leia? Because Princess Leia is the catalyst. Princess Leia? Princess Leia. I didn't I, I didn't say it like I was Australian. You, you, you said it like it. you were from Chicago. I'll listen to that. Do you, listen back mean, to that you definitely <laughs> said Leia. Princess Leia. Princess Leia, the catalyst for everything happening in the first place. Without Princess Leia, you don't have Star Wars movies. Droids don't get a secret message. They don't wait, 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 everything wait, wait, wait. Well, I mean, without, yeah,
1: without Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, you really don't have any Star Wars movies
0: because you don't have Princess Leia or Luke Skywalker. <laughs> You I'm gonna did. be real upset when I listen back to that, and I really do say it like that. You do. You did.
2: <laughs> I like. We, I feel like we should put an ER at the end of everybody's name. So like, some already sound good. Like Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, Han Solar. <laughs> Chewbacca, Obi
0: Wan Kenobi,
2: Obi Wan Kenover,
0: Uh. Ah. Uh, you
2: guys are ruining this. Um.
0: You, so do you so you guys are you guys want to take Princess Leia out? No, no, no. She's I, not she's not top 3. Yet. Keep, a, her
2: a, in there. keep her a, in. A there. discussion is warranted to put Princess Leia in the in the top 6 because you, your argument is she's the catalyst. Well, what if she just wasn't on that ship in the beginning and instead it was Captain Antilles with the plans and he put them in? The, the droids like she wasn't exactly necessary right For to have the plans escape uh, yeah but they did go on the rescue
0: yeah, mission yeah but she, but she but she does I mean we're not talking about hypotheticals and you know what if what if Qui-Gon never goes to find Anakin then it's right. not Anakin then it's Qui-Gon that we're talking about we're not talking hypotheticals we're talking about what happens in the movies right and the Star Wars... Like, you don't get to see Anakin Skywalker's journey... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until I, you I see you. But what Princess Leia's. I'm,
2: what version. I'm saying is there wasn't anything about Princess Leia that it couldn't have been somebody else. Like, with Luke going through with the things that he went through, it had to be Luke, right? That had to be Luke that was trained. But Princess Leia being on that ship putting secret plans in R2-D2, anybody could have done that.
0: Right, but if it's not someone of importance, like Princess Leia, if it's Captain Antilles, he sends the plans out with R2. He gets killed. Duh. There's no reason to keep Captain Antilles hostage. Right? So, he's dead. Plans are with Luke. Luke just finds the rebels. Doesn't meet... Maybe meets Han to get off Tatooine. But, like, there's no... Captain Antilles, Is he's just the guy that doesn't. And then he's dead. There's no reason to... Keep going with that story. So
2: P- Princess Leia is more of a catalyst that set all these other events in motion. That she kind of like was only responsible for setting things off, rather than actually being a a participant in the actual set events.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, but and then she
2: is a participant through everything
0: else. Being a princess of Alderaan, she could sit out. If she wanted to, but she's in the thick of it all the time.
1: She's one of the driving forces for Luke to leave Dagobah early in Empire and, and stop his training. She's also the um, the you know the card that Vader pulls in the final battle to bring Luke out and you know get him to face him. Yeah. So it sounds
2: a lot like she's kind of a uh, a supplement to Luke. Rather she's than the reason <clears throat> Han stays at all. So she may,
1: she might even be. Maybe she's the sixth player on this.
2: we am not sixth, ready to sign her quite yet. Let's no. let's not. Okay, let's let's not disregard her. We'll, but we'll put her on the bench right. for now.
0: Yeah, she could. Well, I right. think the reasoning we're doing this is taking a different turn, organic, but different than I expected. I think in each
1: movie, if we're talking about the trilogy, the original trilogy, each movie she maybe doesn't do something that moves the plot along, but her existence makes other characters react and do things. Well, she
0: so. moves the plot along in her first appearance.
1: By doing something, right? Right. Right. And then her being in trouble in the second and one she continue, makes Luke right, do something.
0: Continuing to move the plot along. Right. And then in Jedi, they're fucking cooked without Leia, and they get fucking eaten by little forest bears.
2: True. Wait, how are they screwed without Leia?
0: Because three PO can't even talk them down as the golden god. It's when Leia comes out and she's like,
2: "Whoa, whoa, those are my boys." No, she tried to talk them down, but that didn't work. It wasn't that, that was that was Luke. Luke did it when he raising made, right, Yeah, when he raised C three PO about that But but still oh, Luke would have Have you seen these movies? Paul? <laughs> Luke would have
0: been real I want to watch them so bad. <laughs> <laughs> we'll watch Jedi and then we'll watch No Josh. like like seriously like I I feel like I'm due like I want to sit down with the original trilogy and just do nothing but watch those movies. I
1: I I feel that the most important thing that happens with Leia in the in Jedi is that Vader is like, "Oh, your sister."
0: Yeah, but that's not even it makes Luke come mm. out in a
1: rage and almost yeah, kill but his father. Nothing,
0: that's nothing she does.
1: That's true, but she's a, a piece of of the storyline. I mean, that's a major thing that happens. You don't gotta give me that heat
2: want to pick Leia. Let's 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 go ahead and keep Leia on the sides and, and maybe discuss a couple other characters and maybe we can come back to her. Uh, char- character that I feel belongs on this list is the Emperor. I feel like he is a major, major force in the whole saga. As a matter of fact, he's the one that manipulates everything to happening. Um, he's the reason there's conflict to begin with. So, I i mean, I feel like hes he might belong on this list more than any. I anyone. feel
0: like you and I are looking at this from two different perspectives. Okay, so give it to me. You're looking at this like how everything chronologically plays out. And I'm looking at this like, he's not even in fucking A New Hope, so he doesn't count. He's not that
2: important. Only characters that were in A New Hope. So Lando won't count? Yoda won't count?
0: But, like, what I'm, what I'm saying is that, like, I mean we can get that story going. And, yeah, I guess, in a way, yeah, we can get that story going. We can get everything off its feet and up and running without the Emperor. Like, I wouldn't put the Emperor in my top six.
2: The Emperor is mentioned in A New Hope. So his presence is at least felt to some degree. Yeah. It's not like he was... They had this story, and then they're like, oh, we need somebody bigger and better. Let, ah, the Emperor. Like, that was... He was in place from the beginning. Ian.
1: He is the puppet master of everything that happens in the Star Wars universe, so I agree with Matt.
0: Was he immediately in your top six?
1: Yeah, he was up there.
2: Okay. I'll vote Emperor top six. Okay. So we got Luke, Darth Vader slash Anakin, and the Emperor. We need three more. We were we were we may have won the Stanley Cup.
0: Now we're looking at Western Conference Finals at best with putting him on the team. So good. Who, who's next? Han, Han? Solo? I would. Terry that, Smuggler. Would, Doesn't matter.
2: No. I mean,
0: anyone can do that role. But he's, but he's important to the universe. They could have met Lando at that bar. And Lando could have done the same job Han does. He, but he's using, a, he's but a using, playboy? using your smuggler? logic, we're not
1: talking about hypothetical. We're talking about what happened. They didn't meet Lando. He was off doing other things in Cloud City. We were talking about what actually happened. I, I he, was, think he, was he was
2: administrating. I think Paul was purposefully being. Um, facetious. I, oh, I I understand.
1: I understand. I don't know why, but okay.
2: So, Paul, who do you feel strongly should get that fourth slot on the team? Leia.
1: Well, let's move past Leia for now.
0: Han Solo. Okay. Because he's a gigantic part of that trilogy. Yep. No, you guys, you guys are out on on Han. No, I agree with oh, Han Solo. I, I want to hear more of your reasoning, or is that it? That's Ben and Luke can't get off Tatooine without Han. Luke doesn't blow up the Death Star without Han. Luke doesn't. um eh, so that wasn't the best Our way to go. But those first two points are pretty solid. <laughs> I don't want a lot of dead dead air here. Um, okay, all right, yeah. Now Han goes out, saves Luke on Hoth. Now Han is, and he's Han's proactively doing things. He's out making his own decisions. A little help from Chewie coming back for the Yavin battle, but Han's making his own decisions. He's going out, furthering. You know, Luke's exploits. Without Han, Luke's fucking
2: dead. A billion times. Yeah. Can't argue with that. Han Solo. I'm I'm cool with that. Ian, are you cool with that? I'm 100% cool
1: with that. We need two
2: more. Princess Leia is still kind of waiting on the side to see if she (laughs) makes the team. I can't believe you guys are like, put her on the farm team. Well, hold on a second. What about Padme over Princess Leia?
1: Ian, go. Yeah. I mean, she is She's a driving force behind a lot of the things that Anakin does. She is the mother of two of the other main characters of the Star Wars universe. In a way, it would be silly not to put her on there, since we already put Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker on this list, since... uh, yeah, now, but
0: in that weird retroactive way, the whole all six movies are about Anakin. Only three movies are sort of about Padme.
1: True, but her her existence and Anakin's reaction to her being around and his I love for like, her. I feel
0: like I feel like the you gave birth to Luke and Leia is not a good argument because plenty of but it's not just fathers. Are mere footnotes
2: in someone's history. She wasn't just the mother of those characters. She was, she was basically like the catalyst, if you will, for like Anakin's downfall. I mean, she was the main, the main. She was thing that he had that attachment to. The thing that he couldn't. She was the focus.
0: She was like what he put the focus on. But his main downfall was just being crazy, just losing his mind. It wasn't like Padme did something, and this is what happened. He just... He was obsessed He just goes with fucking her, crazy.
2: But he was obsessed with her. He, right, yeah. He was, was he, most afraid of losing her. Right. She was the
0: focal point, but she was not the catalyst for him losing his mind. He just
2: goes fucking nuts. No, no, because he saw the future, and he saw that he was going to lose and her. he couldn't handle it. And he couldn't handle it. And he lost his mind. But that's nothing that
0: she did. She wasn't putting you're going to lose your future and me images in his brain, you know? Like, he just kind of went that way all on his own, a little prodding from the Emperor, but she didn't do anything. Like, you know, she was probably catalyst for Jar Jar, you know, offering, you know, let's give the Emperor full control, Mm -hmm. but we don't really want to count that for her because that's, that's pretty bad. Like, I, I don't think Padme. I don't think she does a whole lot of anything. And
2: Padme was the one that was influenced by Palpatine to vote in or to vote out the Supreme Chancellor to put Palpatine in. The old get him vote the, of no confidence. The old so, vote of no confidence. So that
1: strengthens the Emperor's you know, yeah. right to be on this team. The all-star wars, all-star team.
0: So, are we Padme, allowed no. Padme?
2: Um I'm not convinced that she that Leia belongs on there over Padme. I think you can make pretty good arguments for either, but if you feel strongly she shouldn't be, I'll concede. But Padme or
0: Leia does stuff. So is Padme. Padme doesn't do anything except be pregnant in the third movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's let's move on from the are we
0: She doesn't. I I Leia say part of all All the action and intrigue. She's in the thick of it. Padme's back on fucking Coruscant, hanging out in her shit. I say no to Padme. No to Padme.
1: Okay. How about Obi-Wan
0: Kenobi? Obi-Wan Kenobi.
1: Started the training. Protected Luke. Started his training. Fucked up that training with Anakin. A little bit. Just a little teeny tiny bit. Told some white lies to Luke. Oh, he betrayed and murdered your father. Well, you know, from a certain point of view.
0: Yeah, you know, whatever. Drop some bombs on him later. Oh, that chick that you kissed? Mmm, I gotta <laughs> tell you about that. Wincest. <laughs>
2: Too
0: yeah. bad, yeah, you know, oh, Skywalker
2: Obi... Cest just doesn't have the same ring. No, not th- So Obi, you think Obi like should be... Obi
0: Obi-Wan is... Yeah. Like, oh, oh, but through... Through the entire thing, Obi-Wan is making things happen. Right. Either f- screwing them up or fixing what he screwed up. He's not perfect. That's what makes him a great character. He's got flaws. But in the end, sacrifices himself for the greater good. Yeah, he does. But that wasn't the end, was it? No. It never is. That wasn't the end. Because when you're a billion-dollar franchise, it's never the end. Got toys so- to sell, yo. We've got five skaters. Right? Let's recap. Luke, Darth Vader, Han Solo, The Emperor, Obi-Wan Kenobi.
1: Do we have do we have someone that could possibly replace Leia? Or or is she gonna take the ice?
2: I was thinking you know, Yoda's worth a discussion. Yoda is. You know, Yoda Yoda's the one that really trained Luke. Obi-Wan started it. But Yoda really trained him. That's why he was successful. If Obi-Wan had trained him all the way, Luke probably wouldn't have been successful. But I always got the idea that for... However,
0: and this isn't a slight on, on Yoda. I'm not trying to be contradictory. I always got the feeling that Luke's natural ability is what really took him to the next step. To be able to walk that line of the dark side in the Emperor's Throne Room. And beat his father and still be able to throw away his lightsaber and be like, no, I'm still a good guy. I would agree. Like with that. Luke's ultimate heritage. Like, oh, you know, when you go through the prequels, oh, Anakin's the one. He's the guy, he's the savior. But it's always been Luke. It's absolutely always been Luke. So even if he was trained, too old, inherently Luke was able to accomplish all of this. No one else could start. Training with Yoda, at 20 or 22 or whatever he was, and accomplish what Luke did. So as much as Yoda did, you got to give a lot
2: of credit to Luke in that situation too. I would, I don't know, I wasn't around for all the training sessions, <laughs> but I always got the feeling that that Yoda. His approach with Luke was a little bit different than the way he probably trained anybody else. He knew he had to train him fast. He had to get him up and running. So he wasn't he wasn't going to waste his time with Jedi philosophy. He was creating a weapon to go kill the emperor. Just getting the clips notes. And while he understood that there was like there was another. There was
1: one more chance, possibly. This was kind of the last hope that they had. This guy's gonna have to go out there and do this for us. So it's gonna have to be tough love. I can't imagine Obi Wan Kenobi training Luke Skywalker and taking taking him through the full training. I mean, like Obi Wan on his back through the <laughs> swamps. I mean, that's gonna be tough.
0: And and even in the prequels, I feel like Yoda doesn't really do all that much. Like, what does Yoda do in the prequels? He fucks up because he's blind to the dark side. You're fucking Yoda. All the fucking shit we learned about you. He's imperfect,
1: just like that Obi Wan Kenobi character. Nobody's perfect, so you're gonna hold it against Yoda, but not
0: Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, I am because Yoda takes some time off. Oh, he's got
1: that that Dark Knight. What's what's he do?
0: Well. What's he doing in the prequels? He doesn't do anything in Phantom Menace. He bails out Obi Wan and Anakin and lets the bad guy get away and clones. And then he doesn't do anything well he, he doesn't do anything again in Sith. Except he's like, Oh, well, I guess you can give these kids away to these people. He doesn't do anything. We only like Yoda is only a catalyst for the story when he trains Luke. So, no, Yoda's a no.
2: I feel like um, your description of what Yoda did in the prequels is maybe a little bit. Convince me. Talk me into it.
0: Get him on that team. So, we are a tight coaching staff. Convince me on this player.
2: All right. So, he didn't do a whole lot in episode one. He did those tests and he had that cool little. Um, sonnet or whatever the hell that thing was, fear leads to anger and anger leads to hate. And hate leads to? The dark side. Suffering, that's right. Suffering, So, um, but he was the one that allowed Obi-Wan to, um, to train Anakin. Of course, that was maybe not the smartest decision. Right, and Obi-Wan... Could have done that on his own.
0: He didn't really need Yoda's permission to do that.
1: Right. Well, if you're following the Jedi bylaws, maybe you need your boss to sign off on but it. At the... oh, sure.
0: Okay. So Yoda had a hand in creating Darth Vader. Super bad guy.
2: Um, your next point? What did he do in the second one?
0: He
1: he fought Count Dooku. Right. He He saved Obi Wan
2: and he saved Anakin. Right. Let the bad guy get away. And And in the
1: third one, he was like, "I know these great parents for this this kid." And he fought. uh, This
0: one can go here and And come off to the swamp, y'all. And his his great moments in Sith were fighting Emperor. Emperor. Which but he didn't had no bearing on anything. Really, after, before, and after that battle, you know, Emperor just goes on doing, going about his business, and Yoda disappears.
1: So, are we penalizing Yoda for a bunch of failures? For losing, it, yeah. But he was still; those results still had impact on the story of Star Wars. Hmm, you're
0: right. Well, well, right, I mean,
1: well, wait. just like Obi wans You're no, you right. Okay, just like Obi Wan's shitty training of Anakin leads to what happens in Star Wars. So does Yoda's failings in the prequel. So right,
2: Yoda's relevance to the story is what we're discussing. I don't want to award failures here. That's like
0: saying, you know what? You scored two goals in the preseason, but both of them went off a defenseman's leg and into the net. But... You still shot that puck. Are
1: we rewarding for the redemption? Because those things happened in the regular season, but in the playoffs of the original trilogy, redemption, training Luke. Yoda
0: did train the one that brought down the Emperor. But, like I said, we have you to credit the that, coach, man. A lot of that was on Luke. I mean, want, we can think, I, mean, I mean, we, two, we don't two, really... But we don't know that. One, if you guys want to put Yoda in, he's in. He's number six. I'm just saying, I disagree, like, but just like the Emperor, if you guys want to put him in... That's that's where we stand.
2: What about R two D two? No. Why? It's fucking droid. Get the fuck out of here. Droid <laughs> <R2-D2>. racism. <laughs> Droidism. R two D two did a lot. Yeah, he does, and he was around the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that unnecessarily,
0: he's... but yes.
1: Yeah. Oh, I I think he's a he's he's a seventh man. 7th, 8th man. Yeah. Why can't he 6th man?
0: I don't know. I think that Yoda <laughs> and Leia gets, are... gets hype over Princess Leia?
1: <laughs> I think Yoda and Leia are both um, more important to the story. R2 did a lot of great things. I would
0: put R2 on the team before Yoda. Because R2 is constantly resourceful. Helping himself. Getting himself and his friends out of jams. Making things happen on his own.
1: But I don't think it's all about the good things that you do. I think it's about the impact that you have on the story in the universe. And Yoda had a big impact, just like Obi-Wan had a big impact on the story. So, okay. So it's between... is, Is it between... We've got three skaters here. We've got <laughs> for one position. We've got R two. We've got Leia. We've got no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm
0: willing to. I'm willing to bend on. I'm willing to allow R two D two. I'm a, I'm in R two camp. Because he does even he, like through the whole uh, thing again. Like, we'll sell.
2: we well then sell we're me. Looking, sell we're me. looking at it differently, Ian. I'm looking at it more like how you look at it with. What character has the largest impact on the story? Good or bad. Good or bad, right. They affected what is Star Wars. You're looking at it as who was very successful within the framework of that story. We need to get on the same fucking page about what constitutes um, making the team here. Is it about how well you do within the framework of Star Wars or is it how much you have impacted that story? It is Star
0: Wars. I I can't award failure. I can't reward failure. I can't do it.
1: I know we're doing a sports analogy, <laughs> but you realize that this isn't a sporting event, right? Like, this is a story. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. I can't do it. I mean, the B, B team, a second power play unit, yeah. Yoda is, he's, he's a quarterback on the point. He's making it happen, but I can't I mean, if you guys want to do it, whatever. But I can't. I won't be happy with it. I'll let I'll let the internet know as well. <laughs> <laughs> should we? Should I'm we, kind of surprised that I'm. I'm should we have
1: the two though? How about this? Should we? Should like we put way. up a poll? Should we have people vote?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should. Yeah.
1: Okay. And the vote is between
2: Princess Leia, Princess Leia, Judy Two,
1: Princess Leia. Yoda Yoda, Yoda, an (laughs) (laughs) R2-D-Turr. Okay, yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll put a poll up on the Facebook page, and we'll see what the fans decide. And maybe when we come back, we'll have an answer to who the sixth
0: skater on the Star Wars team will be. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. That's going to do it for tonight's episode. I feel like this one could have gotten incendiary. But we're so we're so low energy from the con season. Yeah. None of us feels like yelling tonight. That's gonna do it for tonight's episode. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley, Mac Casao. We'll see you next time.
2: Rusty trombone is? No, I don't, man. Why don't you tell me? I don't know what it is. I've just heard the term. Who told you that? Was it your mother? Uh, no, it was your mother, actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, then you should know because she probably did it to you. She did. <laughs> you guys are disgusting.